Hello, welcome to our listeners. This is the On The Movie Front Podcast, episode 13. I am Robert. I am Michael. And we have an interesting episode for you today. We don't have too many topics, but I feel like this might be a long episode. We have a lot of good things to talk about. First and foremost, the new rating system that Mike and I have been discussing. Mike, how about you take it away and explain why we're going to implement a new rating system? All right, well, uh, Rob and I were talking about this after our podcast last week, and uh, there's a couple reasons behind it. Uh, the main one being is that when we do grades, it kind of restricts you to, you know, basically four to five uh, grades, you know, A, B, C, D, E, and... Uh, That's more than four, Mike. No, nah, I'm sorry, <laughs> A, B, C, D, and F, because we're, we're never going to give a movie an E. We might have E for <laughs> excellent. <laughs> So, you know, it's very restrictive, so we thought, you know, what would be a better way, you know, we talked about having it from 1 to 10, or, you know, doing a star system, but we ultimately decided that it would be the best to kind of have it from 1 to 100. Now, the numbers are not representative of grades, you know, if it's a 70, it's not a C. If it's a 70, it's actually a very good rating for a movie. You know, it would be 70% out of 100, similar to, uh, you know, how they do it on Rotten Tomatoes. Right, right. Um, so we just decided that that would be the best uh, best way and, and to more accurately uh, represent the way we feel about movies and actually give you know people out there a better image of, of how we view it, you know, instead of, you know, because my B is not going to be the same as Rob's B. Um, but this way, it actually gives you a better feel for, for the ratings. You know, I did throw the idea to Mike that we should have a one to a million scale. He frowned upon it. What well, was I, your reason? No one's going to take us serious. Yeah, because up, Mike. one to a million. You'd never use like one to six hundred thousand. <laughs> you'd only use numbers higher. What are you than trying that. to say? <laughs> that would be silly. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm down for this new rating system. It should be fun. It should actually give a more accurate uh, rating than you know a, a one to four stars. A one to ten rating type of thing, right? You know, we can actually say, "Hey, this one got an 82. I like this one a little bit better, so I'll give it an 83 type of thing." Right? Right? Yeah, absolutely. So because of that, we're going to re-rate all the movies that we discussed so far on our podcast episodes, and Mike's going to go first because he's seen a lot more movies than I have and uh, reviewed a lot more. So, Mike, why don't you just uh, go down the list? Tell us the movies, the ratings, whatever. Okay, alright. So, um, <clears throat> in our first podcast episode, I reviewed the movie uh, Exit Through the Gift Shop, which was the documentary about the uh, street artist known as Banksy. And uh, so I gave this movie uh, an 85. I, I was one of my favorite movies of last year. Probably might actually be my favorite of last year. So, uh, And I, I really liked that movie a lot for a lot of different reasons, so I gave it that rating. Um, I also reviewed The Mechanic. Uh, which was starring Jason Statham, and uh, this is the you know the basic uh, heist movie, um, and it was uh, action-packed. But I gave it a 55 because I thought it was you know kind of it was fine. It did a lot of what it was aiming for, but you know it could have been uh, could have been a lot better dialogue-wise. Uh, the Secretariat, which was the movie about the horse Secretariat and trying to win and winning the Triple Crown, um, I gave this movie a 60. Uh, just go with it. Which uh, is the movie from Adam Sandler, his latest with um, the chick from Friends, which Jennifer I w- Aniston. Thank you, is her Jennifer name. Aniston. I gave that movie a forty. I thought that movie could have been a lot better. Ooh, a forty. Um, no strings attached, which was starring uh, Ashton Kutcher and uh, Natalie Portman. I gave that movie a fifty-eight. Uh, Life as we know it, which was the uh, rom-com starring. Um, 
I always forget his name. Catherine Heigl and uh, Josh Duhamel. Duhamel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I always confuse him with Timothy Oliphant, and I say There's that like every time. <laughs> I, I say that every time I bring him up. Um, <clears throat> so I gave that movie a sixty. Uh, also reviewed Machete, which is uh, one of my favorite directors, Robert Robert Rodriguez, and starring Danny Trejo and a cast of many others, including Robert De Niro. Uh, I gave that movie a sixty-five. Um, Take Me Home Tonight, which was the comedy starring uh, the guy from that '70s show, um, Topher. Uh, is it Topher? Topher Grace. Topher Grace, yes. And um, <clears throat> I gave that movie a fifty. Uh, Cedar Rapids, Rapids uh, starring uh, Ed Helms from The Office and The Hangover. I gave that movie a 68. Uh, the Adjustment Bureau, which was starring uh, Matt Damon, uh, which was the action movie that I really enjoyed. I gave that one a 75. Uh, Love and Other Drugs, which was uh, something both Rob and I reviewed. Um, you know, starring... Um, Blanking on his name. Uh, Anne Hathaway and Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so bad with this. Um, I gave that movie a 66. Uh, Source Code, which was also starring Jake Gyllenhaal, I gave that movie a 65. Um, Battle of L.A., uh, I gave that movie a 70. That was the action alien movie. Uh, Win Win, which is starring Paul Giamatti, I gave that movie a 68. Uh, Limitless, which was starring Bradley Cooper, I gave that movie a 75. Black Swan, which was... Uh, also one of my favorite movies of last year, um, you know, starring Natalie Portman uh, and directed by Darren Aronofsky. Gave the movie an 89. Uh, 127 Hours, starring the amazing... James Franco? James Franco, thank you. <laughs> I gave that movie an 80. <laughs> Scream 4, I gave that movie a 58. Uh, Your Highness, I gave that movie a 30. And uh, Fast Five, I gave that movie a 65, because it needed to have a 5 in the rating. I like it. I like that. Good job, Michael. Thank you. I tried. Um, so it's my turn, right? It is your turn. All right. So I'm not going to go in order like Mike did, because I'm not that organized. So uh, Water for Elephants was, I think, last week. I talked about that. I don't even remember. I don't remember last week, Mike. But Water for Elephants, the Reese Witherspoon, Rob Pattinson romantic film with an elephant, that got a 65 from me. Then was Shane, the classic Western. I love that movie. It's a classic for a reason. That's going to get a whopping 93. Um, Black Swan, you know, Mike and I, uh, one of our favorite movies of last year, gets a 90 from me. Tangled, the latest Disney animation film, gets a 75. 2001, A Space, o- no, 2001, a space Odyssey, a great uh, Kubrick film, gets a 95 from me. The Taurus, the Angelina Jolie, Johnny Depp, weird movie, gets a 45. Sucker Punch, the Zack Snyder, lots of hot chicks uh, film, gets a 72. Rango, the Johnny Depp voiced animation, very quirky. Uh, he plays a chameleon uh, trying to save the town of dirt. That gets a 72 from me. Oh, uh, no, wow, 82. I read the wrong number. The Never Let Me Go, the sci-fi drama romance film starring uh, Kiara Knightley, Andrew Garfield, and Carrie Mulligan gets a... Uh, 84 for me. I really like that film. Hachi, the uh, the dog's tale which, with uh, Richard Gere about the, the true life story of the dog whose uh, loyalty kept on going after his master's uh, train station years after he passed away. That's a 75 for me. It's a tearjerker. wasn't the greatest movie, but it was entertaining. And Restrepo, the, the Oscar-nominated war documentary of the recently deceased uh, um, film director. gets an 85 for me. So I think 
we're through with that, right? That's yeah, let me just add uh, one review for me uh, for 2001 A Space Odyssey. I'd actually also give that a 95. Oh, yeah. That, that movie is amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I think I forgot to throw in Love and Under Drugs. I think I'll, I'll give that one uh, a 50, I'd say. <coughs> just above the Taurus. I did not like that movie too much. Yeah. Um. All right, so that's our new rating system. From now on, we're going to rate our films onto a 100 scale. That could be fun. Yeah. Let's see if any film gets a hundred. Is there uh, was there any numbers um, in my rating system that you thought you know might have been a big shocker? I mean, I think the reason why we're doing this is because we talked about your A minus that you gave to Limitless, and immediately Chris and I we kind of looked at each other like, wow, what <laughs> if that gets an A minus? A lot of movies are probably going to get an A, and so then we discussed it afterwards, saying like how. You you gave it an A minus because it was great for the kind of movie it was. Right, right. But then you asked me like, do you rate films based on every other film or just its kind of genre? And I told you I rate films based on every film. So like the best, like like a flawless romantic comedy would only get like a B or B plus top from me because it can't compete against <coughs> a drama like No Country for Old Men. Right, right. So that's why we felt we had to. Right, and and I mean that makes perfect sense. The thing is, for me, like, I'm a big movie lover. I mean, I just love movies, you know? I go to see them, and, like, yeah, I can pick them apart, but it, it, for me, if I was rating it on the, our old system, every movie would be a B. I mean, like, it, you know, unless it was bad, it would be a C, but I'd never have anything in Yeah, I know, I understand. You, 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 you look at the movies, and you find, no matter how bad the movie is, you, you'll find something you like in it. Right. And that's why it's awesome. That, that's why you keep on watching movies, whether you hear good things or bad things exactly, about it. Exactly, yeah. Um, I'm a little bit more strict on that sense. If I hear this movie's not that good, I'm probably going to nitpick it a little bit even more. Um, but yeah, I think it's a, a better system if we just rank them as a whole. Because I, I, I sometimes when I write movies, I kind of I have this like favoritism. Like I like this movie so much. I know it's not that good of a movie, but I liked it so much. I'm going to give it a little higher mark. Right. Which I think is okay. I think the year of um, Juno, like Ebert said. It's not the best movie of the year, but it was his favorite movie of the year. That's why he put that as number one movie of the year. Right, right. So that that happens, and that's understandable. But I think this uh, new rating system is going to be groundbreaking. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So we're going to take a short break, and next is going to be our uh, extended review of Thor. So stay tuned. Okay, so we are back. So Mike and I, we saw Thor this past weekend. Thor. When did you see Thor? I saw it on uh, Friday afternoon. Friday afternoon. So you went like right when it came out. You yeah. didn't see the midnight, but you saw it right when it came out. Exactly. I saw it yesterday night. And how was the crowd when you went? Well, I went at an odd time, so there wasn't mm-hmm. much of a crowd. That's what I, I like to do. I like to see movies early on Saturdays or, you know, in the... In the it was like two... Actually, it was like one o'clock on uh, Friday, so nobody's really at the movies. Right, right. Everybody's working or going down the shore. That's true, that's true. Yeah, Friday in the afternoon. I saw it yesterday, last night, and around seven o'clock. It was like one-third filled, you know. It did very well in the box office. It made $66 million opening weekend. It took first place. And it kind of um, starts the summer movie season. So, but you, you know, I, I'd like to point something out about that. Like, yeah, sixty-six million is great. I mean, uh, for a movie to open to that, that's that's really awesome. But you know, all these comic book movies always open to like more than a hundred million. And so, you know, I kind of think it's a, a point to see like 
you know how it's it, it's not as popular as it used to be. Sixty six million, like I said, is still amazing, but it's not the hundred million that each of these movies was getting on opening weekend. I do agree with you, and we will discuss that further in our extended review. So, Thor, uh, Marvel superhero, he's a Norse god. He is the son of Odin, which is played by Anthony Hopkins. Thor is played by Chris Hemsworth, and he has a brother. His name is Loki. I forgot who plays him. And basically, um, in the beginning of the movie, you kind of see how Odin is the uh, the king of Asgard, and he tells his two sons that one of them one day is going to have to lead this world. And they kind of he kind of makes a point that you know you both have to kind of prove to yourself which one is more worthy to lead the realm of Asgard. And I, I mean, it, when I saw this in my head, I was just like, doesn't the oldest son have that priority to be the next king type of thing? But I guess they made it seem like whoever is more worthy is going to be the king. So then we flash a couple years later, or a lot of years later, and everyone, they're, they're all adults. And it's Thor. Boom. He's king. You know, he's celebrating and everything. But as it comes down to, Thor is not as suited to be uh, the king as he himself might have thought so. So in uh, retaliation... Odin kind of exiles him from the, the realm of Asgard and he throws him to earth to kind of gain humility, to stop being so arrogant, to stop, you know, you, you know just using his actions. He got to use his mind a little bit. So basically he told, he, he stripped Thor of all his powers, threw him to earth, and said once he, you know, learns his lesson, he's going to gain his powers and then he'll be invited back to uh, take the kingdom. So basically that's the main storyline of the film. There's a lot of things that go... After that, with um, the story on Earth, you have uh, the beautiful uh, Natalie Portman, you have Kat Dennings, you have whatever the guy's name, the, the professor from Goodwill Hunting. You know, they're kind of like a trio of scientists that, that has been researching black holes and auras and everything like that, and they stumble onto Thor and kind of take take him under his wing until they could try to figure out if he's crazy or if he's actually a Norse god. And and then there's the other storyline with the uh, Asgard world where they're kind of in a war right now with the Frost, the Frost Giants, and they kind of had a treaty, but Thor broke it. That's why he was exiled. So there's a lot of storylines going on here. The movie was, it was longer than most uh, I think uh, films that aren't called Batman. It was <laughs> almost two hours long, and uh, I think it did the best it can the best it can to really blend all the stories together. But what's interesting about Thor's character and Thor's storyline is that unlike all the other superheroes like Spider-Man or Batman and Iron Man, you know, they're all essentially human and maybe they get mutated, maybe they just have a lot of money, they could build their things, but all the storylines pretty much takes place on Earth or in one city or in one area. In this in Thor's storyline, you know, you have the the world of Asgard and then the the the, the, the realm of the uh, the frost giants and then Earth, so they're kind of we're trying to there's like two completely separate storylines going on, so I think um, the director Kenneth Branagh, I think that's how you say his last name, kind of he 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 meshed these two completely separate storylines together pretty well, and um, I mean it, it it was kind of cheesy in the middle and at the end with the whole love story with Natalie Portman and uh, Thor. But uh, overall, I thought it was a very effective and fun and an enjoyable summer blockbuster. It was like a popcorn flick. What, did you like it? Yeah, I liked it, and I generally agree with what you're saying about it being like you know the summer blockbuster popcorn flick. It, it definitely had its. It was it just it was a very light movie throughout. I mean, you know, obviously you had the the heavy storyline, but even that was just kind of you know light, which is kind of hard to explain, but. 
Once you see the movie, you'll understand. <laughs> right, and um, what I... A surprising thing that I felt during the film was that it was a lot funnier than I expected. When Thor, you know, gets exiled to Earth, and he it's kind of the same situation of a, a, fi a fish-out-of-water type of situation. When he, like, first stumbles upon Earth, and he doesn't even, like, realize, or he doesn't, like, you know learn that he lost his powers, he's just like, I am Thor, give me this, give me that type of thing. And those situations are hilarious. I was laughing they my are, ass off. They are very funny. <laughs> he's like, I like this drink, bring me more. <laughs> just slams the cup down on the ground. <laughs> give me a horse. <laughs> you know, just right in the, the, the pet store. So yes, well, that, a that, bird big enough to ride. <laughs> those, 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 yeah, those moments were hilarious, and I, I really enjoyed the, the light moments that the, uh, the movie had with that. And uh, in addition to that, the, the, it seemed like the first half hour was kind of a backstory of everything that was going on in Osgard, and there was a lot of action, and I thought the action sequences were pretty damn good for this film. Now, I didn't see it in 2D. Did you see I mean, I saw it in 2D. Did you see it in 3D? No, I saw it in 2D. Oh, so, so we both are, like, like we've proven, and like we said before, we don't like 3D movies, so we both saw it in 2D. Which is good, because this movie was actually shot in 2D and just made in 3D to make more money. So there's really no... I don't think there's any benefit to see this movie in 3D. Yeah, I mean, I read in an article that the 3D just kind of emphasizes what you already see. It's not really... doesn't add that much. It's just it's just kind of the up-conversion type thing. More so with when they're in Asgard uh, than on the... In the in the, in real the real right right on Cause, Earth cause because all, most of the action scenes well, all the action scenes but the last one were taking place in the Asgard type of world right, you know, when right. they're fighting the uh, the the frost giants and everything so how did you think uh, Chris Hemsworth he's basically a newcomer to this game he was in the first five minutes of Star Trek he was the father that died uh, for and you know name 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 my son James Kirk whatever so how did you think he really did you think he owned the film like he should have, like a, like a lead actor should in this type of superhero film? Yeah, did I... Did like his performance? I thought he did really well, you know. Um, I thought he played the part perfectly, honestly. I, I really had no problems with him whatsoever. I, I liked him a lot. I mean, what did, did you I, like yeah, him? Yeah, I liked him. I think he... he I was, was surprised that his comic, uh, it, his ineptitude toward... Uh, being comic. Right, because like, instantly I'm just like, wow, this guy is built to be a superhero, and he is just like his wavy hair, and he's just like his voice is like booming in a deep, you know, strong voice. He's like, I am Thor, type yeah. of thing. And then he goes to Earth and he meets, you know, Natalie Portman, and he's like smiling. He's kind of like goofy in a way, because he does, he's not familiar with the, the surroundings. So that really brought out his comedic timing, and it was very, very enjoyable to watch as well. And yeah, I mean, I I loved him in the film. I thought he he did great. I think he, he blew it out of the park. I, I was very surprised because he's essentially a, a, a newcomer. Right. Now back to the uh, back to the storyline on uh, Osgard. Did you uh, did you, wait, first of all did you like Anthony Hopkins' performance? Um, it was fine. Right. I don't know. It seemed kind of run of the mill. Like yeah, yeah. wasn't written particularly well. Um. Yeah, that's fine. What did right. you think about the the writing in general of the film? There were a couple. I thought the writing was pretty weak. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, you know, I thought of a lot of the dialogue was very cheesy. Was kind of you know layups, if you will. You know, like each line is just kind of like, oh yeah, at least to the next. There's not a lot of like crazy dialogue. It's it's all very simplistic. Uh, but at that time, it also when you have actors who can make simple dialogue work well, which is this movie, you know, you have Anthony Hopkins and, and Chris Hemsworth who did a really good job and Natalie Portman and all these people who 
can know how to act and actually talk uh, realistically, uh, it, it doesn't make it seem as bad, you know. But to me, it still irks me because I that's something that I easily I, it just it's like you know kind of like someone singing off pitch. Um, you know, it may not sound horrible to everybody there. Everybody, you know, a lot of people might not notice, but for me, it's you know, it's very blatant. Right, right, yeah, I agree. The, the writing, I mean, it wasn't top notch, but it is again a summer blockbuster film. It was effective enough. There's very cheesy moments. I mean, because this is an extended review, we we don't have a problem with spoiling the ending. So I hope you guys knew that before listening. <laughs> but yeah, the, I mean, the the ending, I was kind of cringing at the whole Natalie Portman, you know, he gets smacked and he's, she's running slow motion into his body, yeah. crying over him, are you okay type of thing, you know. I was just like, oh God, do we need this? And I don't know, whatever. And right. Natalie Portman just got a paycheck for that, I guess. Absolutely. But, but um, I thought I thought Kat Dennings was kind of funny, but it couldn't, it could have just been anyone in that role. I don't even think they needed someone in that role, period. Yeah, it could have yeah. just been Natalie yeah. and, and the... the Chief scientist. Right, right. I agree with really. that too. And even him, he was kind of <laughs> pointless himself. It just could have been Natalie by herself. He should know? have just been Natalie Portman, no. But um, what else? I like the I liked it that when they were implementing all the the Shield storyline too, and the cameo by uh, Jeremy Renner as Nighthawk was pretty awesome. He was. There. It was so weird because. I, it was so dark on screen, and I could only tell it was him by his voice, really. I mean, you could... I didn't see him? No, I, I couldn't really tell that it was him. Okay. So I, I happen to know his voice very well. I, I think it's very distinctive. Uh, I guess maybe because I really like Jeremy Rayner, and, I, you know, I've watched a lot of his films. But it wasn't like, oh, yeah, I mean, I you know, I knew because of the, you know, watching uh, the other, other comic book movies who it was mm-hmm. and, and why he was there, but... It seemed kind of just like so random. It was just like two, you know, like like literally like twenty seconds long, and then he oh, was yeah, gone. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess they, because uh, he, I don't think he's getting his own movie, right? I it's don't not Nighthawk so. movie, so well, I he'll think, be in the Avengers, right? He'll be in the Avengers, but uh, I guess this was his moment of fame. Because honestly, if I didn't know that Jeremy Renner was going to be playing Nighthawk in the Re- Avengers film, I would've been like, what the hell's going on right now? Right. Because they showed that scene where they're like, oh, we're, let's let's get someone on the roof, let's get someone looking down. So he, he reaches for the sniper rifle, but like, nope, I'm going to take this bow and arrow. I'm just like, I, I, I actually didn't even know what he picked up. I'm like, what the hell did he just pick up? And then we see him going up, and then he's like, he's targeting him, and I'm like, oh, that's Jeremy Renner, that's that's Nighthawk, there we go, this Avengers co- coalition right here. But then he does nothing. It was so anticlimactic. Yeah, well, I didn't <laughs> want him to shoot him. I didn't want I him to know, shoot him. I know, but I mean, <laughs> it would have, I don't know, it, it just seemed like such a throwaway, like, yeah, oh, a cameo. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. Just getting, you know, the the fanboys get a little excited about, oh, there's Nighthawk type of thing. Yeah. So, um, I like I really like the one scene when they uh, at the end when Loki, uh, he he uh, he demands like that big ass robot to go to Earth and yeah. kill him, and then like, when Shield sees it, it's like, oh, that's uh, one of Tony Stark's uh, robots. Yeah, like, he never tells funny. us what he's doing. He's like, yeah. what? Are you? Stop! <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. That yeah, was I great. thought that was pretty funny too. But. Uh, did but you? there was a, there was a couple things in the movie that I didn't love. You know, I thought there was a lot of ridiculousness in it. Um, when uh, when Thor comes down to Earth, and all of a sudden, you know, when when Loki tells him that his father's dead and he's like resigned, all of a sudden, the very next day, he's cooking eggs. Now I know <laughs> this is nitpicking, but this bothered me so much. First of all, he was a god <laughs> in Asgard. He doesn't know how to cook eggs. He, his food was always prepared for him. He doesn't know what a frying pan is. He's never seen one in his life. All of a sudden, he's making eggs for everybody, the whole family. 
That does not make any sense. I, I don't care how smart the guy is, which he's clearly not that all he's just brutish. He's a you know, he's a warrior, he's a soldier, he's not really kind of um, uh very that he's just not that intellectual. Right, right, right. So how did he learn how to make eggs? Just something that I, I know, like I said, I'm nitpicking, but it just was so blatant to me. Like, why, why did, why have him do that? Why mm-hmm. have his character holding the frying pan and spatula and serving eggs to everybody? Okay. So look, <laughs> another thing that really, really bugged me is when when Thor breaks into the the shield compound and is fighting everybody. And Nighthawk's watching him, and he finally gets all the way to the to the hammer and, and fails to pull it out. They like let him like cry or or <laughs> kneel down by the hammer for like a good ten minutes before they get him. Like they just kind of don't care that this person, you know. Oh, just let him hang out there. He's he's all right. <laughs> he's only like knocked out and possibly killed twenty of our men, but we'll just let him sit there for a little while. In addition to that, the scene after that, the way that that scientist was just so easily able to take him from the shield compound. Yeah, I was just like. Wait, he they made a fake ID and he says that he he works for them or something like that. And it's like that was it. That that's all you needed to get this super secret agency of Shield to just okay here take this guy that we just questioned to be Al Qaeda or something. Like right, that. right. Just like here, take him. Yeah, that it, it was, didn't make any sense. Yeah. I mean, like if they knew the ID was fake, why did they let him go? I didn't get that. I That's why I, I kind of thought maybe I had missed it. Maybe there was something I didn't. No, there was nothing. He just let him go. I mean, like, oh yeah, they're like follow him. Well, <laughs> you can have one person follow this man who just like destroyed thirty <laughs> to forty people. You just had. So, all right. Like I said, I'm being nitpicky and, I, and I'm tearing a lot of this stuff apart. But I just I thought there was a lot of. I know. I, I get what you're saying. Now I'm gonna ask you: Did you stay after the credits? I did stay after the okay, credits. Okay. So what did you think about that? Uh, it was confusing. Are they? Or are they not? So we'll, we'll, let's let's explain what happens after the credits. Okay. So if people haven't seen it, um, and this is a spoiler, obviously, again, another spoiler. What happens after the credits is we see um the the scientist Natalie Portman's teacher slash sci- help assistant scientist guy. He's walking down this uh, big corridor and finally he bumps into Samuel L. Jackson. Nick Fury. Nick Fury. And uh, Samuel L. Jackson brings him over to this box and opens. he opens up the box and he's like, oh, if we can figure this out, if we can tap it, we can have unlimited power, unlimited right. energy. energy. yeah, yeah. And uh, then y- you see in the reflection of a glass, Loki kind of puppeteering the scientist and says, and makes him say, like, oh, you know, we'll, we'll do our best or whatever. Right, something like, yeah, yeah. Or like, that, that interests me. Or, I, don't, I forget what he says, but yeah. He, right, so we see, you know, that Loki's uh, alive and well and somehow controlling people. I don't know, it was very confusing to me. Right, but well, I mean, like... I'm not, we never okay, saw... We're not, we're, not, we're not familiar with the comic books at all. I don't right, really know... Right, not Thor specifically. Right, and so... In the movie, you know, Loki did have this power of duplicating and cloning himself. Right. Maybe he figured out. I and don't he know. and he was able to hide himself, so I can understand so maybe how he, he figured could out how to clone be amongst other the pe- people. But I, I yeah, it's maybe. a change is is. Maybe yeah, he figured that out. Weird. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Again, but they don't explain that. It's just kind of like oh. Right. Okay. So are they setting up the Avengers movie, or are they setting up the next Thor movie? I think that's setting up the next Thor movie. I would that would imagine. make sense, right? Because if Loki's still around, you know, type of thing. Right. Yeah, I think they're saying. And also, right after, cre- right after the credits, they'd say Dora will be in the Avengers or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that. I mean, we knew that, but right. they had to throw that in. That was interesting, though, because I wouldn't mind seeing another Dora movie. I did enjoy the first one a lot. 
And um, there's one other thing I just want to like bring up because you mentioned the action sequences mm-hmm. earlier. I, it actually bothered me a lot, at least especially in the beginning of the movie, not so much toward the end. How come, Michael? This is just my pet peeve with action sequences. They're cut way too fast. Mm-hmm. You can't see what's going on, and it just bothered. It, it really bothered me. I, you know, everything was kind of blurry and so fast, and it was, you know, you have all these, all this awesome ability for CGI, and you, you know, with these uh, ice giants. That's what they're called. Frost right? giants. Frost yeah. giants. First of all, they're extremely dark blue. They're fighting in a very dark place, mm-hmm. and you know, with this fast cutting, you can't see what the hell's going on. I mean, like, you get the point that Thor is destroying these people, which is another point. Why is Thor so much better than everybody else? Well, that's like, what I wanted to get at. Unbelievable! After this, yeah. He destroys everybody. Yeah, yeah. Why is that? I mean, these other—he's got a, a cast of four people to, as his assistants, kind of. These uh, crime, uh, crime-fighting peoples is like. Robins to his Batman, <laughs> and um, they're basically useless. Even when they come down to Earth later in the movie, they don't they, do they anything. So, what was the point of them? Well, that's what I wanted to get at because, all right, this is Thor, and let's look at everyone else that's in the Avengers. They're just, you know, Iron Man in his movies. He's proven to be flawed, and like, you know, if that damn artificial heart stops ticking, he's dead type of thing. Right. You know, Captain America, he's just a super soldier, but in, in the previews, they show him shooting a gun, like, whatever, like, he just has a shield. And then, okay, so they're superheroes. <clears throat> Thor is a freaking god <laughs> that seemingly wasn't even touched throughout the entire film. He's getting attacked by a thousand frost giants, and he didn't get one scratch on him. So, why does he have to be a part of some superhero group called the Avengers? He is, in himself, he can fly, he can throw a hammer and then somehow call it back to him he can he whips that thing around he was not hurt not even touched throughout the end I mean his fight with Loki okay but at, you know he, he didn't want to fight him and then Loki right. was multiplying by a million and had some crazy powers as well so I don't know I don't know I just I just think Thor is a little bit too powerful <laughs> for his own good type of thing yeah, he's a I, god he's, I, a god. I, I he's not a superhero I agree he was like ridiculously powerful Ridiculously powerful. He was really fun to play with in the, uh, the Avengers video game. Though. <laughs> I was, Thor was kicking ass. I was, I was like, oh, no, no one can hurt me. He was so fast. He was so strong. I mean, it's too good. It's too good. You can't compete with that. No, you can't. That's so I good. am interested to see how that kind of comes together for the Avengers film. I think the Avengers film is going to be a big deal. Yeah, I agree. I'm sure it'll be a massive. Now deal. back to what you said about the box office. Do you think the uh, one reason maybe? I mean, okay, we can agree that maybe Thor isn't the most popular superhero, because uh, the ones that did get the 100, 100 million, you know, you got your Iron Man, your Batmans, all of the, the Spider-Mans. Like Thor but I would say that Iron Man wasn't a very popular comic book. But that's character. what I was getting at. Now, do you think the fact that Robert Downey Jr. was in the movie compared to a Chris Hemsworth? Well, all right, well, I guess we should give a little... Um context to the first Iron Man because it was like the first different because we had Batman and Spider-Man mm-hmm. and then we were having Iron Man we had a couple Man. of stinkers like, we had a lot of bad super, superhero films like Fantastic Four oh and Catwoman the Catwoman and the, the Daredevil were, and all those crap you know? right yeah there was uh, a bunch of stinkers in a row <laughs> a lot <laughs> and, but then it was Iron Man and it looked really cool and it was different and it you know it, Robert Downey Jr.'s career wasn't anything before until after that movie I should say right, right. I mean 
I mean, obviously everyone, Robert Downey Jr. had a career, but I, I mean, like, it had kind of been in the in the toilet, and then was starting to like kind of resurface. Then this movie came out, and he blew up. Oh, it definitely launched them, right? But I mean, that's that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, Chris Chris Hemsworth is a no one until this movie came out. Our DJ actually at least acted in a good amount of films. He had his name out there. He was in some like indie cult hits and everything. You know, he he had like a lot of trouble in the tabloid, so he was actually a name. Right. I think that had to do with Iron Man's forty million success more than uh. No, I don't. No, no. I, I, I think it think does. So. Okay. I think it does, and also I think because Iron Man is more popular than Thor, I think that has greatly to do with it. Um, I, I even remember I wasn't even that big of an Iron Man fan, and I went to see the damn midnight showing for some reason. I was just so hyped up. I'm like, oh, it's Iron Man, you know? Thor. I'm just like, Thor's good. And they probably got they got equal reviews. They both were very well received by the critics, you know, critically acclaimed for a, a, a Hollywood, you know, summer. Yeah, I was kind of surprised about that as far as Thor goes. Not like I said, I enjoyed the movie. I just uh, I think it got a little bit too much critical replace. I feel like this movie was was aimed more toward children than any th- than any of the other. Marvel comic books, uh, comic book movies. It just even felt more than Spider-Man. I'd say <laughs> so. Really? I, you know, I don't think Spider-Man was was that aimed toward children. I feel like it was aimed towards the comic book geeks. Mm-hmm. I I wouldn't call those you know one and the same. Obviously, it was made for children as well. But I definitely thought that this was was more for children. I, I I agree in the aspect that it was very colorful, very bubbly. It felt like almost like a comic book. I'm watching a comic book, like on screen type of thing. While yes, Batman's is very grim. Even even like yeah, Iron Man. They had the whole you know the war and everything. It was it was made for adults. I felt like yeah, there were adult aspects in Thor, like the whole you know the the mythology of the Norse gods and everything. That all that stuff is really cool. But yeah, it was it was very it felt kitty. It did feel kitty. Yeah. It um aside from a couple of scary frost giants, there was really nothing frightening about this film. No. And uh And even was, the frost giants weren't that scary. Yeah, yeah, they kinda just talked like <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and uh yeah. It was it was very light, lots of comedy, lots of uh funny things going on in the film. So yeah. But uh alright, let's end this by giving it a rating, Michael. I don't know if you thought about your rating yet. I I mean I have not. <laughs> uh, I think I'd give this movie um, a sixty-two. Okay. What about you? I'm gonna give it a seventy-four. Wow. Okay. Because again, I, it's one of those things where I just really like the movie. I really had fun watching the movie, and <clears throat> I think even okay, it's not it's not a great movie, but just to just to you know, kind of mesh in the, the fun and the comedy and the action pretty well. Not great, but pretty well. It's, it, it's a tough thing to do. It's like, you know, with music, people were saying, oh, it's, it's so easy to write a catchy pop song. No, it isn't. Even though there's no essence and no meaning to the lyrics, it's kind of tough to get a good, you know, poppy song out there. I feel like that's the equivalent to summer blockbusters. If you can make a movie fun and enjoyable and not completely awful, then you get you get my vote. I did enjoy this movie a lot, so yes, I'm going to give it a 74. Okay, cool. Alright, so we are done with our extended review of Thor. Now we're going to take a short break. We'll be back with our summer movie preview. Lots of goodies out there this summer. We'll be right back.
Guess what? We're back. We're back. Whether you like it or not. Back at attack. You better like it. Alright, so this is the year of 2011, and May has started. Dora was the first uh, movie of the May weekend. So that's kind of like, hey, summer blockbusters are here, so let's go down the line and talk about some of our most anticipated summer movie releases of the year. Now we have, you know, we just talked about Thor. It's it's very typical and common for a, you know, a superhero comic book film to be the first film of the summer. And let's see what we got coming up. We don't we, actually we have like a good two weeks until another really big movie. Okay, next week we have Bridesmaids. Mike, have you heard about this movie yet? I've heard a lot about this movie. I've heard a lot of talk. Now what what do you what do you think? Are you gonna see it? I don't are you really see want. Are you gonna to see, see this R rated chick hangover movie? You know, they keep saying, they keep comparing that. That, that. That's its gimmick. That's what they're trying to do. Yeah, I don't, I don't see it. I mean, I think, I think this movie will have laughs. I think it'll be funny, and obviously, you know, it'll have that kind of raunchy comedy to it. But watching the preview, there's only one thing I laugh at. It's always at the end of the preview. I haven't seen the preview. Uh, <laughs> this this girl, this like a little bit larger of a girl, she uh, either burps or farts and she's like I'm sorry I don't even know which end that came out of <laughs> it always cracks me up uh, but beside that the rest of the preview just doesn't seem that funny to me uh, it does there's a lot of awesome act- actresses in the film right, I like Kristen Wiig a lot uh, um, Maya from uh, SNL is in it too she was also in a I, I, I'm bad with some of the names of, of the people in the film yeah. but I know um, there's one actress who stars in the show Damages um, oh, okay. there's one actress who used to be on Reno 911 uh, I know there's the girl from the office is in there who, who plays the receptionist. Uh, so we have a really interesting cast yeah. of funny women. Yeah. So I mean, it, I, I, again, I don't, I don't know if I'm gonna see it either. I'm yeah. not sure. I mean, I, pro- I, I might catch this on DVD, or if there's someone else who wants to go see it, I might go see it on a whim. Just because, like I said, I love movies, but. I don't know. There's not, I hear a lot of really good talk about this movie, but it, it actually makes me weary because I feel like it's just uh, trying to get advertising out for the mm-hmm. film, you know. Um, but they're doing a good job of. Do you think a lot of girls about. will watch this movie? I don't think so. No. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't feel like it's going to have that big of an audience because I don't feel like there are that many women who want to go see women talking completely like raunchy like that. I mean. Uh, of all the girls that I know, there's maybe like two that would enjoy that kind of humor. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, again, again, th- th- this is type this R-rated comedy is a type of genre that appeals to the guys more, and that's why the guy. That's why you have movies like you know, like like uh, all the Judd Apatow movies and those sort of things that do so successfully because you know they kind of appeal more to guys, and that that has been a. Uh, you know, a panning from female critics. It's like, you know, these movies don't portray women in the right light. Yet, you know, that doesn't matter because us guys are still watching these hilarious films because right. they're for us. It's interesting. Bridesmaid seems to be for the female demographic, but we're not sure if they're going to really watch it. So I guess there's nothing but we can do just wait to see how it does this weekend. Right. I won't be surprised. I won't be surprised if it doesn't even hit top two. You know? No, I, I don't think it will. I think it'll be four or five. See, like, what, like, 13, 15 million weeks? Yeah, something like that. Some uh, little week. Yeah. Alright, so after that, though, we get the, um, the very anticipated Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. Now, this is the prequel to the, the trilogy that the, uh, that we saw with Johnny Depp, Keira Knightley, and Orlando Bloom. I did not know that it was a prequel. 
That's interesting. <laughs> it is a prequel. Cool. And uh, yes, so Mike, have you seen all the pirates, Mike? I have seen all the pirates. Yes. Right. I like the third them? one the best. Really? Yeah, I know really? that's weird, but that is very weird. That is weird. I like the first one the best because that's the obvious choice. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, we, there is no Orlando Bloom. There is no Keira Knightley. We get um, we get Jeffrey Rush back though. We get Johnny Depp back, and we have Penelope Cruz. Right, Penelope Cruz. Yeah. So you know, how do you like that that swap, Penelope Cruz instead of the other two stars type of thing? Um, eh. star power though. It's it's Penelope Cruz can hold her weight. Kinda, right? I don't know. I no. mean, I feel like Penelope Cruz specifically is an uh, indie actress. She really is, yeah. And she's amazing. I think she's an incredible actress, you know? Which, I, if you kind of think about it, you have Johnny Depp, who was an indie actor, <laughs> with Penelope Cruz, who is an indie actress. So it's kind of funny and almost uh, symmetry, I guess you could say, to have them both playing right. opposite of each other. <clears throat> and we don't know how much she's actually going to be in this movie. But it does seem like a lot. Right, it seems like a lot. But Jeffrey Rush does not look like he's in very much of the No, movie. it doesn't. But I guess we don't really know until we watch right, it. Right, we have no idea. Are you going to see it? Uh, I don't know. I'm on the fence about if it. If it gets good reviews, I'm going to see it. Really? Yeah. I feel like the movie can't get bad reviews. I, I, I don't know. The second <laughs> so one got bad <laughs> reviews. Well, because that one was horrible. <laughs> see, so it can't be horrible. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I just I'm I'm really kind of on the fence about it. I, I'm not I'm not in love with the Pirates of the Caribbean series. I think they're fine. You know, I enjoy them, but I don't know something kind of lackluster about all those films to me. I, I can't put my finger on it either. I think they um, I think this is essentially like the episodes one to three, one through three, like in the Star Wars. This is going to be a new trilogy, a prequel to. The, the pirates that we already saw. Well, how far of a pre- how far before the start of the movies do you think? It I'm is? not sure. <laughs> <laughs> it, it might the last scene of the last movie might just like go into Jack Sparrow and the, yeah. the first movie. Well, it would be interesting because like if they left room between this movie and when the other mm-hmm. ones start to make a sequel to the prequel, <laughs> pre- a pre-sequel. <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting. Um. But yeah, I mean, just because they're they're so invested and they already signed on for three movies, you know it's going to make a lot of money, so that's not even an issue with the studios. It doesn't matter. Oh, they're making three more? Yeah. Oh. oh I didn't they already that. Si- I think I'm pretty sure they oh. already signed on to three wow. more. Jeez. Okay. So yeah, yeah I mean... They're Talk about I- killing a character. <laughs> Johnny Depp, man. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. That's cool. <laughs> Alright, so uh, another movie that's going to be coming out the following weekend of May 26th is The Hangover Part 2. Oh man, Hangover Part 2. Now, I cannot avoid these commercials right now. They're all over the place. All over the place. All I, all I really get out of it is that Ed Helms gets his face tattooed like Michael Tyson and there's a monkey. Do you know there's actually a lawsuit over uh, that tattoo? Really? The tattoo artist is uh, suing because he copyrighted that Mike Tyson tattoo. And they used it without his permission, without paying him anything. So he's suing. So there is a slim chance that this movie will not come out on May 26th. Now, I don't know. I haven't heard anything. Maybe they already settled with this guy. Right. Who knows what's going to happen. I'm sure they'll settle. Uh, they also that might make a case that you know the tattoo is ever so slightly different. Mm-hmm. You know, and <laughs> I saw pictures of it online. You know, there's certain lines that kind of do- drop down a little bit instead of curl up. So you could say that it's different enough that it's not the same tattoo. But obviously, it's meant to look like. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. So, what do we think about the Hangover Part Two, Michael? Well, 
the premise, uh, and I'm not giving anything away if you've seen any of the previews, uh, the premise is the same as The Hangover Part 1. Um, these guys wake up one morning after getting completely hammered, and they're missing somebody, and they have to go out and find them and re recount the night before. That is interesting, because I did not know the premise. <laughs> and now, essentially, it's the same thing. It, it's, it, it is exactly the same. And I don't think Where they're making they any... They're in Bangkok or... Okay. or Somewhere. 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 That is... I don't know. Now I, now I kind of don't want to see it. Yeah, I. but I, I feel like they know, and they're making... They know that they're doing the same thing. They obviously know that they're just going with the same premise. Um, and they just... Running with that as a running gag, as a, as a joke to the movie. Uh, I find it interesting. It kind of makes me want to see the movie more to see what they could possibly come up with to make it as entertaining as the first one. It's kind of like what Paranormal Activity did with their second one. They really just took the exact same idea and kind of like expanded it a little bit. And they, they they had the same exact scares and everything. I guess let's find out if it works with Hangover Part 2. Uh, yeah. like, like you said, I'm kind of interested if it is the same exact premise. I, I, you know they're going to throw new gags at you and let's see how creative this writing team can be. And these actors are always hysterical. So let's see how they do. Yeah, with this. I feel like they're just kind of relying on on the fact that they have this amazing cast. Um, so yeah, we will see. Also, the same weekend is Kung Fu Panda Two. Now I think this is Memorial Day weekend, so these movies I think are coming out Wednesday or Thursday. So Kung Fu Panda Two, and that's the uh, the sequel to the very successful Kung Fu Panda from DreamWorks Animations. What? Okay. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I really didn't like the Kung Fu Panda as much as everyone else did. It was fine. It was okay. Yeah. It was like, you know, there's Jack Black as a panda trying to be a uh, ninja. That was kind of yeah, funny. Yeah, I mean, I really like Jack Black. I think he's hysterical, and I thought his voice was hysterical. The movie was alright. Um, you know. There's really not much to say about it that <laughs> it's going to make a lot of money because it's a kid's film and everyone loved the first one. Yeah. So I'm sure it'll be funny. We'll see. Okay. We will see. Also, that weekend is The Tree of Life. Now, this is a very interesting film. This is the, probably... Is it? <laughs> I have no idea what the hell it's about. You don't know what Tree of Life is? It doesn't make any sense. I the know, but, that, but that's why. I think they're they're hiding the, all the plot points and all the details about it because it's going to be something ridiculous. It's going to be... It's Terrence Malick. It's Brad Pitt. There's dinosaurs. It's this. I don't even know. I don't even know, man. How do you know there's dinosaurs? And all that, the well, they won't. They won't stop saying that. The people like behind the movie. They, really? They, yeah, they won't stop. And any people who have seen screenings of it, it's just like dinosaurs. <laughs> it's like so that just really makes you. Uh, maybe there aren't any dinosaurs. Maybe it's just a, an advertising ploy or something. They're just like, oh, you got to find out where the, what the dinosaurs mean, type of thing. Uh, like, but like rosebud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know what this movie's about. Uh, obviously, like, the tree of life. Maybe it bothers me that I don't know what it's about. I and and I constantly like berate trailers for giving too much away. But because I have not an inkling of what it's about, I have no idea if I'm interested in seeing the movie. I really don't. The images look great. I like the cast. So I will see the movie, but I just, I'm going to go in there, and maybe that's the point. Maybe I should go in there knowing nothing, but it kind of irks me a little I bit. I think there are strong pens in this movie, too. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, I, I agree with you. I, unlike a lot of critics, I like to kind of know what the movie's kind of about. And a lot of cr critics, a lot of them, avoid watching any commercials or trailers. <laughs> 
because like we said in our trailer episode sometimes they give things away that you don't want you know you kind of have expectations or you have an idea of what's going to happen if you watch these trailers so going into it you know completely with a, a blank slate on your mind might actually be a better idea for this film yeah really real quick I, I just kind of thought of this I remember watching the trailer for District 9 back when it came out and being like oh there's all these cool images and then when you go and watch the film you realized how much the trailer actually spoiled for you there were so many giveaways in that trailer and we didn't know it at the time because the trailer just seemed random mm -hmm. but it's like it kind of disturbs you know it, not disturbs but it, it just like aggravates you oh well I know this is coming when is it coming when is it coming you got five minutes left in the movie it's gotta be soon it's kind of a spoiler so. right right so yes, now I am very interested. Out of all these May releases, Tree of Life does intrigue me the most, mainly because it kind of is that it, it's it's coming out in the summer and it doesn't seem like a summer movie, so it kind of is sticking out like a sore thumb to me right now. Yeah, I I think the Hangover Part Two is the one I'm going to see of May, in May, and on May. Yes. All right, so let's move on to June. So what do we got? What do we got? June third weekend, we have X Men: The First Class. Now, they show this trailer in front of Thor, and honestly, I really didn't know what X-Men, this, this prequel, was going to be about, but the trailer made it look freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, it looks it looks really, really good. Um, I do think there's a couple giveaways in the trailer, too, uh, and I don't want to point them out in case they are actual giveaways, but... I'm really interested in seeing it, though. I like the whole... How Professor X and Magneto, you know, they were they were allies in the beginning, and you can you see it throughout the whole trailer. You know, they're they're they're, they're splitting apart, but they're just trying to create this mutant um, school. Yeah. And um and and you know we know how the story ends up and stuff like that, but yeah, I think it's I think this was a good idea, and I think it's good that it's come after all the X Men movies, because I feel like if we started out with this, people wouldn't have liked it as much. Mm -hmm. But everybody knows where it's going because now they've seen the movies, and if they hadn't seen the movies before, they'd read the comic books. Right. So now we get, the, you know, a lot of the people who haven't read the comic books who don't really know the origins get to see that, and I think that's cool. I think that it'll be good. really interesting. Yeah, and, and and we have a whole bunch of actors and actresses that I'm not really familiar with, so it'll give them a chance to possibly blossom. Into I'm really interested in what James McAvoy will bring to oh, the yeah, table. Yeah, 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 that's right. Because I don't particularly like him. You as don't an like actor. James McAvoy? I no, I don't. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, actually, I'm trying to think. I might not but he like looks him really good in this ro in this role. So he looks and good, you have uh, the guy from Mad Men, right, John? John Hamm, isn't that the guy who plays Magneto? Is he? I don't think so. I think it is. You're gonna maybe make me I'm wrong. Up? No. <laughs> I'll uh. Well, well, I'll, well, I'll I'll secede. I don't really know. <laughs> but yeah, no. I mean, it's it's an X Men film. It's going to do great in the box office. Yeah, that's all we can say about all that. All right. So on June 10th, this is the movie the whole summer that I am looking forward to. Super Eight. Me this too. This movie looks sick. This is J.J. Uh, Abrams. Abrams. <laughs> Sorry. Directed uh, Steven Spielberg. We're way produced. too excited right now. You just see it. We're like jumping around the room this talking about this. Amazing. Um, so this movie follows a bunch of kids who uh, are are trying to uh, film something on their own, and then a, a massive train accident happens behind them, and basically all heck breaks loose in the town. And you see dogs go missing, and things are flying, and you have no idea what's going on. This trailer is one of the best trailers I've ever seen, period, hands down. Makes the movie look amazing. I could not see this movie and be satisfied by watching this trailer over and over again. Really, Mike? Seriously. <laughs> I feel like I feel like in a small way, the movie will not live up to how good the trailer is. See, the, I, it's a great trailer, I'll give you that. It makes me want to see the movie even more than I wanted to. Um, and yeah, you're right. It, it does everything a trailer should. And we have... 
don't know. What, what do you think? I, I, I'm not really from. I'm not sure what's going to. I'm not sure what's in the train. No, and I think that's, but that's awesome. the point. Yeah, that's awesome. And you then there, you that. see these scenes where like there's absolute fear in their eyes. So you're like, is it a monster? Is it an alien? But then like the music is very light, <laughs> and I feel yeah. like I feel like and there's kids involved. It, it almost has like that ET effect. I'm just like, okay, maybe it's like a misunderstood monster. You know, people are running away from this, you know, potentially dangerous but you know, kind of warm and fuzzy creature. I don't know. I don't know. Right. That's just gonna be my guess. From yeah, the trailer. Um, I'm very interested in seeing it as well. We have a Coach Taylor from Friday Night Lights in it. Kyle Chandler, he's uh, awesome. So then we have a cast of unknown kids. Unknown kids, but they look really like and look like they're doing. I think a good it's job. safe to say that you know everything J.J. Abrams touches turns to gold, yes. whether it's good or not. And mostly it's good though. So this is going to be gold, and obviously with Steven Spielberg producing it. This is the movie to see this summer, yes. is what we're saying. Agreed. Next weekend, we have another superhero film, Green Lantern, starring Ryan Reynolds. Sheehan is in love with Ryan Reynolds, so I think he's going to see it. Uh, no. Remember, we, told, we talked about this last episode. I have a short-term memory. I'm not going to see this movie because it looks horrific. It does look pretty bad. The 3D looks awful, just kind of gouge your eyes out bad. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, from the previews, does not look good. And I am a huge fan of him as an actor. Mm-hmm. But I just... It just it looks bad. It looks really, really bad to me, so I'm not going to see it. I probably won't see it either, but it's still too early to tell. Um, the weekend after that, we have Pixar's uh, film of the year. That would be Cars 2. Now, for a long time, the first time in a long time, I'm not looking forward to the Pixar film. I don't think I'm going to see this movie either, honestly, because mm-hmm. I wasn't in love with Cars. It was right. okay. It was we fine. Knew, yeah. Uh, some funny parts, but uh, I really have no interest in seeing. A lot of people movie. are joking that like this is the year that Pixar is not going to win like the uh, the best animation. Oh, Oscar. I, well, you never know. I mean, it could just be excellently <laughs> animated. That's true. You never know. You can never count out Pixar. But it seemed like Cars two out of recent years potentially is going to be the but weakest. But with a sequel like this, you would think that the animation is pretty much going to be the same as the first one, right? It wouldn't right. be much different. I mean, I don't think Cars won. I think that might have been before... I don't remember. Did Cars win? We'll have to check that out, too. I have no idea. I don't know. I'm not sure of Cars. That might have been like the year of like Shrek or something like that. I don't know what year Could be. Cars came out. Alright, so we have next week after that. That's July 1st, so that would be like July 4th weekend. That's Transformers Dark of the Moon. Now we've already expressed our um, <laughs> hatred for Transformers. I would. I hate just a little. This a little strong. Taste. This taste of the Transformers. They are films. dumb movies. Yes, Michael Bay just makes things explode. We see a lot of quick cuts. Don't know who's who. Don't know what Shia LaBeouf is talking about. Le Bleu. Le Who's the chick in this movie now? Some random girl. Some hot chick again. I guess. I, I mean, guess. there's no way Shia is nailing this many hot chicks. That's all I gotta say. He's not a very attractive Come on, man. Even Stevens. He's the man. Okay, but yeah, Transformers gonna make a lot of money. We're not going to see it the same. I, I do. I gotta give this to the trailer. It does look a little bit better than the previous movie, too, because I thought two. Did was you really see two? Because I, I haven't even. Seen I two. did see two. Oh, it was I feel bad for you. Worse than one. That was like two and a half hours of yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's too but long. I feel like this one might be better. I don't know. Maybe that I'm just trying to be nice to it. Same weekend, Larry Crown comes out, and I only highlighted that because uh, Tom Hanks is in that movie. So yeah, hopefully it's. Almost like I'm definitely gonna see it. I'll see anything Tom Hanks is yeah, in. Right. It, it, it but it doesn't look like good. I'm not it doesn't gonna look lie. Good. <laughs> it's like we're very hopeful that it's going to be good uh, just because of Tom Hanks. Yeah, I, hope, I, I really want it. And Julia Roberts hasn't been in a good movie in a while either. Yeah, that's let's just true. let's just hope it's good. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping. I'm hoping I'm it's hoping. good. And then uh, on July 15th we got 
Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. I think it's safe to say this is going to be the movie of the summer, like, box office-wise. You really think so? I honestly think Super 8 could surprise us. I feel like once it comes out, this is is the last time people will watch this, even if they haven't seen the first seven movies. (laughs) (laughs) It's because it's the last Harry Potter. You want to? You think Super Eight's gonna do better in the box office than Harry Potter? You can make a wager right now. I'm not gonna wager that because I don't trust it. (laughs) I don't trust what I say. (laughs) But yeah, Harry. I'm really looking forward to this. It's it's the conclusion of a very epic tale. I think this the the previous movie set this up really really well. Definitely. Um, And um, like everyone that has read the books or know about the story, they're just telling me like whatever what we saw in the first in the first movie, this whole movie should just be action. Yeah. And I'm looking for. I love the the swing the flailing wand and the, uh, you know, the spells that they're yeah. doing. It's going to be, be epic. It's going to be a lot of fun. Also, the same weekend as Winnie the Pooh. Did you know that? I didn't. I had no idea. They're making a Winnie the Pooh movie. It's going to be like old school animation. I think uh, Zoe Deschanel of She and Him actually sings the theme song of it. It's a very... That's awesome. It's going to be friendly. It's going to be a family. And I grew up Winnie the Pooh. I love Winnie the Pooh. Oh, man. I used to love when he gets stuck in a tree. <laughs> that was my favorite. Still is. <laughs> <laughs> Captain America, the first Avenger, comes out the following weekend, July twenty sec- second. Um, yeah, I think this looks all right. I does, mean, does this round out the Avengers? Now is Captain America the last film? No, we have an Ant Man. I don't know when that's supposed to come out. If they're actually making a full movie or not, um, I heard rumors they were. But yeah, the Avengers are, um, or at least that are slated for the movie are Captain America, the Hulk, which will be played by Mark Ruffalo instead of Edward Norton. Boo. Although I love Mark Ruffalo, but I wanted Edward Norton. To play. Right, he's gonna play the Stoned Hulk. Okay. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so. so you got you know the Hulk. You have uh, Thor. You have Captain America. Uh, and Ant Man, uh, Black Hawk, and uh, I don't ask I'm me. I don't know anyone in the Avengers. Like one person, and I think it's. Don't ask me. Is it Green Lantern? I don't even know. He's is he Marvel? I, I'm not sure. I know I'm missing someone. Yeah. But, but anyway, yeah. So they'll all be in the movie uh, that will be directed by um, what's his name? Who who directed? Uh, Wow, I'm blanking on everything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who directs this movie. Why, oh, you, why are you putting me on the spot like it's this? It's your favorite t- TV director. Uh, he directed Dollhouse. Um, Whedon? Yeah. He's not doing this, is he? He's directing The Avengers. He, are you sure? I'm positive. Okay. I'm absolutely Mike, positive. Mike, you're on, you're on the... I you're being, you're being you. recorded. Josh he? Whedon is, 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 is directing that movie. Are you positive? I, I swear to you, Rob. Check it. Check it while we're past Because I know that Josh Whedon is... He did The Cabin in the Woods that's coming out. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, that looks cool, too. And he's also a writer... not Maybe not director, but definitely one of the writers of the Avengers film coming out. Uh, so you're saying he is Green Lantern director? No, not the Green Lantern. He's oh, directing the Avengers. Oh, Avengers? Yes, the Avengers he's directing. Oh, oh. Now... See, I, I don't know. For some reason, I wasn't paying attention to that. <laughs> I know no, he's a writer. Yeah, I, I was... Oh, there you go. Yeah, he is directing. High five. You win. I seriously thought you were saying you were telling me no, he's directing no, 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 Captain no. America. I don't know who's directing Captain America. That's why I was like, don't put me on the spot. I don't <laughs> know who's directing Captain America. Joe Whedon is the man, though, so I think that even gives a stronger point that Avengers is going to be pretty epic. While you had the Avengers uh, pulled up, let's look at the rest <laughs> of the cast. Let's see idea. who else... Oh, Iron looking. Man. Oh, yeah, duh. Iron How do we forget Iron Man? So we just did. Silly us. Okay. 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 <laughs> also, uh, Friends with Benefits. That's uh, Justin Timberlake, uh, Mila Kunis. The same thing as No Strings Attached, just different people. <laughs> then the next weekend we have The Smurfs. 
It looks horrible. It looks pretty bad. I, can't, I don't. <laughs> why? Why did they make a it live, live action? action? Oh my film? god! Oh god! Yeah. Oh god is the only seriously reaction. That also, that same weekend as Cowboys and Aliens. Now, what do you think about this? It looks awesome. What do you think about this? We have Indiana Jones and James Bond as Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, how could it be bad? It looks so good. How could it be bad? I I I did not like Daniel Craig as James Bond so much. I mean, he was fine, you know, enjoyable. But I love him as an actor, and he is gonna kill this movie. I can feel it. Gonna, I can feel it. Dude, <laughs> it's yeah, be the awesome. I told you the first time I saw this preview, I was just like, "Oh, cool, a, a cowboy movie with uh, Daniel Craig and Harrison Ford." What? There's aliens? And I, I feel just... like I feel like uh, they probably wanted Harrison Ford to be Daniel Craig's character you think at so? some point in in production, because I feel like it could have easily been. Like like reversed, okay. but I think you know Harrison Ford is getting a lot older, and uh, they, mm-hmm. they feel like it probably wouldn't. He's have played. better like as a sheriff type of yeah. role, you know, type of that. And we have uh, Olivia Wilde in it; she's pretty awesome. I think she plays an alien from the previews. That's what it like, looks like. It seemed like a hot alien, Bizarre, very, very hot, hot alien. <laughs> this might this might launch her into the movie career, right? Because she doesn't really have a movie career yet. Yeah, I feel like um, she'll be more kind of character actress. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like she's. So much horror lady. princess, horror princess. <laughs> I don't know. I'm okay. just throwing that out there. That could work. Okay. Um. Then the weekend after we have the rise of the planet, planet of the apes. So like, I think this is the uh, when the monkeys kind of go through their experiments. Hey, hey, with the monkeys. <laughs> we were singing that before. That we were singing that before. That sounds gay. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, rise of the planet of the apes. I think James Franco's in that. No. Yes, he is. And he is. Some bizarre scientist. Yeah, and then this is this is the prequel to Planet. When I heard that this movie was coming out, I kind of was like, "Oh, sweet! You know, I might be the only person who liked the other one, <laughs> the other Planet of the Apes with, uh, with um, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, people. I am like out in don't ask me. I didn't watch the deep new space. One. Mark Wahlberg. Okay. And also Paul Giamatti played an ape in that movie too. I do remember that now. Fact. I do know that. <laughs> um, because back then he wasn't very popular. <laughs> um, but yeah, I had high hopes. I was like, oh sweet, you know, it'll be really good. But after watching the preview, uh, it looks pretty bad to me. It does look the bad. animation looks bad, which kind of worries me because I honestly didn't they, see the trailer. In the trailer, they're like from the people that that animated Avatar. Probably the first time in history that a movie's ever been pitched with like an like the people that animated something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I don't know. It doesn't look that good. Uh, the following weekend, August twelfth, we have Final Destination five. I tried to watch the preview to this today, but my computer at work wasn't working. Mm-hmm. So I assume it's like every other Final Destination trailer. Yeah, probably. I would imagine that there's death and it's killing people. You know, it's a, Final Destinations are good for drinking games. Whenever someone dies, you just take a shot. That's true. You get at least seven deaths in a two-hour span, ninety-minute span. So I mean, it's a pretty, it's a pretty fun game. And yeah, you know, you, you know what you get with Final Destinations. You're trying to avoid death. That's just trying to get you. You're dying in these weird ways that you never thought were possible. It's fun. It's fun. They should have just called this movie Final Five, like they did with Fast, <laughs> Fast Five. five. <laughs> that would have been funnier. That could have been good. That could have been good. Same weekend, apparently, there's a Glee live 3D film coming out. I feel. I have a feeling that's going to make a lot of money. I don't know why though. Uh, no? I, don't, I don't know. It's just them out in concert live. I have no idea what it is. I no, I, I'm telling you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're going out on their summer tour, and they're going to film this and then cut it into a film. Okay. I mean, the Miley Cyrus and the uh, the other one, they did, right? Didn't they make a lot of money? The Jonas yeah, Brothers one? Yeah, they did do well. 
As long yeah. as it's in 3D, man, and you I feel know. like you're there. It's ridiculous. <laughs> well, that kind of rounds up our summer movie preview. Those are the summer movies. You know, August is kind of the end of summer. I didn't want to get into the September, plus I haven't heard of too many of these movies. So, what do you think about this summer as a whole, Mike? You know, is it going to be good, bad, medium, mediocre? I think I think it's going to be good. I think there's a couple, you know, some really solid movies that are coming out this summer. It seems like every weekend there is an interesting movie. Yeah, I'll, I'll not definitely be at the theaters a lot. <laughs> You're always in the theaters anyway. But, hey, that's true. That's not, <laughs> not a dis, Good point. All right, so that ends that segment, right? Do you have anything else to say about the summer movies? Go see them, please. Are you and and invite me. Are you getting? Oh, okay. You want you want a, a movie buddy, don't you? Yeah. I never see movies with Mike, so he he doesn't like that. Oh, that's all right. Is it okay? Yeah. Okay. But I want a movie buddy. Uh, you do. Movie buddy. It would be good to have a movie buddy. Yes. They should have those for hire on Craigslist. For Craig's for list. anybody who's awake out there from on <laughs> Saturday mornings from like ten to two when I go see movies, give me a call. My number is. Beep 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 uh, beep beep beep. You should give your number. Okay. Or you just Facebook him. He has his number on. You have your, <laughs> your number on your homepage? Probably. I think I have mine, too. Add me on Facebook, peeps. All right. <laughs> let's take a break, and we'll be back. Going to Flick Shot Battle. Yes, we are, Michael. Go ahead, plug them. Okay, www.flickchart.com, one word, is a wonderful website which you can compare two movies side by side and pick which one you like better. And it keeps track of all the movies and a nice organized list so you can go and uh, check to see which ones are where. We love the Flick Chart, Flick Chart, Flick Chart, Flick Chart. They do not sponsor us in any way, but if you guys uh, work for the website and listen to us, we could use some money. We might just email you guys, because you guys are pretty good at responding to your emails. Yes, both Rob and I have been responded to uh, by FlickChart.com. You guys are awesome. All right, let's get started. Our first matchup is the Royal Tenenbaums versus the Lord of the Rings. So not fair. (laughs) The first Lord of the Rings. Yeah, Royal Tenenbaums is awesome, but Lord of the Rings is epic. Yeah, I know, it's got to be better. I love the Royal Tenenbaums, though. Yeah, it's great. Ooh, The Hangover versus The Mummy Returns. Uh, I like The Hangover a lot more. Yes, me too. Hangover, it is. Oh, the third mummy is the worst one. I don't even think I got to the third mummy. Horrible. I'm not going to watch it now. There's Yetis. What about Scorpion King? Is that one of them? No. Technically, no. That's That's like a separate... Oh, it's a spinoff movie. But The Rock was awesome in that film. and launched his movie career. (laughs) The Hot Fuzz? Not The Hot Hot Fuzz (laughs) versus Mission Impossible 3. Uh, I really like Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz was awesome. Yeah, I was going to pick Hot Fuzz. Fuzz. Check it out. Uh, Shaun of the Dead. Hey, look at that. Yay. Shaun of the Dead versus Rush Hour 2. Was Rush Hour 2 the good one, or was Rush Hour 1 the good one? <laughs> I think they're the same thing. So I don't really remember the difference between yeah, those Yeah, no, they're the same thing. I'm going to pick Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, me too. Okay. No disagreements yet. We got like five matchups. Oh, look at this. Bowling for Columbine. Versus the Royal Tenenbaums. That's two Royal Tenenbaums right there. Yeah, uh, <coughs> I like Bowling for Excuse Columbine me. a lot. I think it was a very influential movie in a lot of ways, but I also think there's a ton of problems with that film uh, being completely biased and really calling itself a documentary when it's really it's not Michael so Moore. much. Yeah, they, I think we kind of um, caught on really quickly with the Michael Moore docs and 
Yes, it's very biased, very one-sided, extremely I'm going to pick Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, ton- Tenenbaums. Back to the Future versus Jumanji. Wow. Now, you like Jumanji a lot I more like than I Jumanji do. I like Jumanji a lot, but I cannot pick it over oh. Back to the Future. Back to the Future. What is going on, Pichard? <laughs> Scream versus Psycho. None of these are good matchups right now. It is, I do it, pick it, Scream, though. No. Punch in the mouth. <laughs> I'm going to pick Psycho, but but real quick before you pick it, it is an interesting thing to have two different kind of generations of, 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 of uh, horror movies. Scream revolutionized the horror industry as we know it today, and Psycho did the same back then, so it's kind of interesting to have those compared to each other. Correct. Although Psycho's a million times better. A million times better. Right, there's something about Mary versus A Beautiful Mind. Again, I love this something about Mary, but you can't really compete with A Beautiful Mind. That was such a good film. You know, film. Th- I wasn't thrilled with There's Something About Mary. You no, know? I thought it, it was, was really kind of funny. funny. Uh, I thought, I thought, I don't know. Ben Stiller annoys me sometimes, uh, <laughs> but I pick A Beautiful Mind. He's not Zoolander here. Uh, he's hilarious in Zoolander <laughs> and Tropic Thunder. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And a couple others here and there, like the original Meet the Parents. But Mission Impossible Two versus Grease. Another landslide. Uh, this is Greece. Yeah, Greece. Yeah, right. We're we're getting like classics versus. Got to like shape up. <laughs> you should just say every every movie we got. I love this uh, this uh, poster for the Pineapple Express. It's just James Franco smiling with the biggest smile you've ever seen. Pineapple Express versus The Italian Job. Now this is the 2003, just to be specific, because right. there was an original Italian Job, which I never saw. But me neither. But the Italian Job was. Entertaining, whatever, but it's no Pineapple Pineapple Express is my pick. Really? You think that the Pineapple Express was better than the Italian Job? Uh huh. I do not. Not only I like the Italian Job a lot. Not only is Pineapple Express better action film than an Italian Job, but it's also way more hilarious. Well, the Italian Job is not really funny. It's a heist. Oh yeah, that's true. But that's 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 the added aspect that Pineapple Express. I thought the Italian Job has one of the best car chase scenes uh, in any movie ever. It was awesome. I, Edward Norton. I disagree about Keith that crazy uh, statement you just Donald said. Sutherland. <laughs> I love the Italian job. One I of the best the car job. chase scenes ever. <laughs> yes. Yes, they're ra- racing around in throw Mini out, Coopers. Throw out that word iconic. Come on. <laughs> this movie is iconic. Iconic. All right, so we're obviously going to put a coin to this now. Day, yes. Heads is uh, pineapple, tails is Italian job. Okay, uh, you're gonna be so mad when you get defeated. <laughs> yes, I win. We pick the well, the coin picks oh, Italian job. That's mean. <laughs> Next one, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire versus Hancock. Uh, Hancock was not that good. No, Hancock wasn't good at all. Nope, Mrs. Mrs. Doubtfire is. <laughs> it's a run by fruiting. <laughs> I know I say that every time we see that movie. Don't pop stop up. ever. Children of Men versus True Lies. Wow. We love Children of Men. Yes. It will be Children of Men. Oh, you know, this is kind of funny that I don't know if you heard this. I just happened to catch it because I was uh, running through the channels today, but uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and his wife got divorced. Oh, yeah, that, that did happen. I had no idea. That happened. Apparently, she wanted a divorce since, like, years ago. Yeah, that's crazy. Poor Schwarzenegger. Are you sad for Schwarzenegger? Not really. <laughs> He's gonna go kick some ass in some <laughs> new movies. The Governator. The Governator. Oh, look at this. Oh, no, this is a matchup. Wow. Psycho against L.A. Confidential. I really like L.A. Confidential. I loved L.A. Confidential. Okay, well, I really loved L.A. Confidential. <laughs> Fine, okay. I think that was one my... One up you. I think that was my second favorite movie of 1997, only behind Goodwill Hunting. 
Mm, yeah, good one. It was amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, Titanic is like a close... There's so many things I could say about L.A. Confidential because it really is one a very rich storyline with incredible acting, great shots, real throwback to uh, to a lot of the older style movies. Kind of like Sunset no- Boulevard-esque. Right, like a noir, like a yeah. crime m- murder mystery. It was a great film, great cast. Yes. Nonetheless. Yeah. Um, so I, I have a feeling you're going to pick L.A. Confidential. I am. I'm going to pick L.A. Confidential. It's, it's a lot tough for me, because like, like Sheehan said, he, he says, Psycho is Hitchcock's least... <laughs> What? Like, the worst movie? The famous movies, it's the, it's, in my opinion, it's the worst one. Not, not worst. I can't say worst, because it's so iconic. <laughs> but it's done so much, uh, and it's done so much, and it was enjoyable, but I, I felt like it was the Too weakest of, yeah, I feel like it's, it's overplayed because of what happens in the first ten minutes of the film. I hate to do this to Hitchcock, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick L.A. Confidential. Well, I'm really surprised about I, that. Uh, I thought you would be, I really, really did like L.A. Confidential, so I'm picking it. Um, let's see. We got Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which is the fourth one. Yes. The newest one. The most one. recent one with Charles Leblanc. Leblanc. Against Love Actually. That's completely different genres. Love Actually. I don't, you know, a lot of people really like this movie. Love Actually? Yeah. I don't really like it, but I do like it. I don't. I, don't, I gotta go back and watch it because I feel so many people actually cite this as one of their most more you know favorite romantic this is a comedies. Movie, this is like a movie where like there's so many storylines. You have to at least like one of these storylines a lot. Yeah, but I feel like you don't get enough time mm. to get invested in the characters. That so that's true. why I need to go back and rewatch it because I thought maybe I, I wasn't really giving it enough credence when I did watch well, no, it no, originally. Yeah. That's like all so. these like casts, like these. Uh, he's not so into you, and it feels like Valentine's Day in those movies. It you know, it's just like this was like I think what started it all. No. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Love Actually was good. Indiana Jones, the fourth one, was not very good. No. So I'm going to pick it Love was, Actually. It was fine, <laughs> action-wise, but... What are you picking? Uh, what did you pick? Love Actually. Um, Just to kind of spice things up, I'm going to go Indiana Jones. No, you know what? I can't. Your only reason is to spice things up? I can't. I'm going to go... Lo- uh, no, you know i got to go Indiana Jones. Why? I'm going, I'm Indiana, going Jones. Indiana Jones. Why? Just because I thought the action was, was, was good. There was a lot of good parts to it. You know, I feel like it fell apart at the end, but I still kind of like the All movie. All I gotta say is, when you watch Love Actually again, All right. Colin Firth's story and Karen Knightley's story, when she's watching the wedding tape, boom! That's, good, right. that's, good, that's good enough <laughs> to beat Indiana Jones. But we're gonna flip a coin. Heads is Indiana. Tails is Love Actually. Boom. Tails. Love Actually Love wins. Actually. I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. <laughs> Crash versus Walk the Line. This is a movie that was really good... Until it ended. I'm not sure which movie you're talking about. Walk the line. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. I, like, like I, I imagine everybody out there would know what the hell I'm talking about. No, walk the line. I felt like uh, I thought it was going like somewhere, and then it just ended, and I was like, "What just happened?" And then, just and then Reese Witherspoon won an Oscar for it, and I was like, "What just happened again?" Well, it was a weak actress category. Very weak. I like Reese Witherspoon. What are you trying I to like say? Brun- she went brunette. She deserves an Oscar to oh, go brunette. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Meanwhile, Crash is quite a film. Uh, very, very, very ballsy to say. Yeah. To hit this racism topic head on. I thought Terrence Howard was awesome in this film. Oh, Terrence Howard. I, I heard something else. I'm sorry. Oh, no worries. Terrence Howard was great. Yes, yeah. yes. Very great. Matt, Matt Dillon was awesome, too, I And thought. Don Cheadle's in it, too, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. I like great it. Great Crash, do it Crash. up. <laughs> All right, we're going to do two more. Two more. Austin, oh, God. <laughs> Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. Why do we always get an Austin Powers is in it, our matchups? Is that the second one? 
Don't ask me. I don't. I don't. I don't care about any of them. I'm going to pick whatever the other movie. Yeah, is. I think it's the second film. Okay, versus Fifty First Dates. I'm going to pick Fifty First Dates. Yeah, I really liked Fifty. It was pretty. 50 it's 50 a good days. Valentine's Day movie. It might be my favorite Adam Sandler film. Whoa! I know. Whoa! I know. Did you guys hear him? <laughs> he just said Fifty First Dates is your favorite Adam Sandler movie. Well, all right, let me let me put this in context. <laughs> <laughs> Why does that have to I'm be sorry. put in context? <laughs> Alright, because as far as Adam Sandler films go, I, I really love um, the gol- golf one. Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. That, that would probably be my favorite. Okay? But as far as quality films go, I think Fifty First Dates is the best. Okay, there you go. So you Adam think that's Sandler's. his best? Yes. Not even like his serious ones? That it, that is serious. Well, like like I'm talking about like the rain over me. And well, the, uh, that's not a written by Adam Sandler though. Oh, so we're talking about written by Adam Sandler. Well, that Adam Sandler movie, you know, produced by his company. If you, you guys didn't see it. Happy he Madison. just he just air quoted Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> I don't know why you just showed me the quotes with your fingers for that. I don't, I still don't know what that means. I'm saying like produced by his company. It's it's like oh, okay. starring, written by, all right, directed all right. by. I don't know, I don't know if he actually directs the movies or not. We're going. This is going to be uh, one of our main topics soon. Okay, how about okay. that? We'll talk about the Adam Sandler. All right, we'll have a quote unquote Adam, Adam Sandler, Sandler episode. All right, all right. We're gonna pick uh, Fifty First Dates, and for our last matchup, Michael, go ahead. Bruce Almighty versus the Exorcist, the original, nineteen seventy three. Um. Clearly, The Exorcist, I would Yes, think. we will pick The Exorcist. So that ends our with battle. And that also ends our episode. Okay, so thank you for listening. This is our longest episode yet, I believe. Uh, if we stall for like another two minutes, it definitely will be. Well, I'm going to throw in the uh, the music clips, so sure that's going to extend it. It'll be our longest episode, yay! Woohoo! Milestone pop, pop after champagne. milestone after milestone. Milestones. All right, so thank you for listening, and let's tell them our information. It's uh, if you want to email us, give us feedback, some questions. You want to write a funny story, we'll we'll you know read it on the podcast. Yeah, it's, uh, if anybody emails us, we'll read it. Ask us questions. Pretty much. Yeah, I don't think we've received one email yet. No, we're actually the first person sad. who emails us might win a prize. Yeah, they will. Win, actually, no, they, they will, will win a prize. They will win a prize. It'll be and we will ship it to you wherever you are. Right. Or, unless it's not in USA. Or we'll ask you to come pick it up from our studio. Right, right. We have a very fancy studio. Yes. Anyway, it's on the movie front at hotmail.com. And also, you can visit us on... You can join our Facebook group now. What's that again? www.facebook.com backslash on the movie front. On the movie front. Nice. And you can visit our blog, which is otmf-podcast.blogspot.com. So th- that's our information. And thanks for listening, you know. All right. Thank you very much, guys. We'll be back next week, hopefully. (laughs) No, we will. We will? We will. Guaranteed. Rock you. (laughs) All right, thanks.